welcome. It's John Park's workshop. I'm John Park. Hey, let me turn this light on. That might help. Uh, look, there I am. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for stopping by today. Uh, I am just trying to sort out some technical things because for some reason, uh, Facebook has decided not to broadcast. What the heck, Facebook? Uh, we might have to put that up later. But it does seem like we're uh, live on YouTube, so that's good. And hopefully on Twitch and other places. If you are uh, joining us on YouTube or Twitch and you want to join in on the chat, there's some chat going on over in YouTube, uh, as well as on our Discord server. So if you want to head over to the Adafruit Discord server and join in on that conversation, please do. Uh, all right. Hey, Mr. Lasted, high def image. All right. That's good. I'm glad we have a high def image. Uh, hi, Mark Falky. Hello. Hello. Everyone there? Um, all right. Well, let's get started with this thing. What have we got? Uh, today, things that are going on in our world, uh, why don't I mention our jobs board? We have a jobs board at jobs.adafruit.com. That's what it looks like right there. Whoops, that's not the page. That's it. Uh, and something I wanted to show you in here, if you've never seen this before, is up at the top of the uh, Adafruit job board, we have um, some filters here, and I kind of like how these work. Sometimes you'll see filters, but they also require you to type in a thing. Here, you don't even have to type something. You can just say, you know what, I'm, I'm interested in uh, remote work. Just click on that remote, hit search, and you'll see the uh, job offers that have tagged remote. Uh, how about part-time? Here's some part-time positions. So uh, you can go through and... and uh, just see, you know, what's freelance? Which, which of these jobs out there are freelance? And click on those. So I think that's pretty useful. If you didn't know, the Adafruit Jobs Board is free. Uh, it costs nothing to post a job on there, and it costs nothing to post your info and skills and resume if you're looking for work. So uh, please go check out the job board, won't you? Uh, all right, what else? What else is happening here? Uh, let's take a look in on, on Discord. Look. That's our Discord server right there. Uh, little link. Thank you, Mr. Certainly. Hello, Andy Calloway. Yeah, Mr. Certainly posted a, a link to our jobs at adafruit.com. Uh, and uh, what's the address if people want to go check out our Discord? I would just Google Adafruit Discord, but I think there's something better than that. So if anyone in the chat uh, knows what we should let people know if they're over in Twitch and they're interested in uh, checking out our Discord, then... Let me know, and I'll repeat it right here, or you might see it on Discord if that's up. All right, uh, let's see. What else have we got? Uh, you know what? Just uh, just Tuesday, our... Oh, wait, there it is. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Certainly posted. It's adafru.it slash discord. That'll get you there. Yeah, Mr. Certainly's totally on the ball. He certainly is. Uh what was I saying? Tuesday, we uh, released the latest edition of our Make Code newsletter. And uh, if you didn't know, you can go to Adafruit Daily and sign up. In fact, I'll show you what that looks like. Adafruitdaily.com. Nope. Adafruit Daily. I think I just typed it wrong, but that's the Adafruit Daily uh, subscription page. So you can go in here and sign up for newsletters that you'd like to receive. 
Uh, we will never spam you. You can feel safe giving us your email. We will take you off the list if you decide you don't want to get any more. Um, but you can go in here and decide which of these newsletters, some of them are more frequent than others. And our Make Code newsletter, that one comes out monthly. And uh, so this is the archive we have at makecode.adafruitdaily.com. And uh, you can check out the past editions. We started back in August. And this January 2020 issue, you can click here to see the archive of it. Uh, and if you sign up for it for daily, you'll just get them delivered to your mailbox the moment they come out, within minutes uh, of, of the release. Boom, they're there. And just to have a look through here, what's, what's this uh, daily, Adafruit daily, not so daily, monthly about for MakeCode? Well, we've got stories about goings-on in the world of MakeCode. We have uh, usually an educator spotlight. In fact, we've got our uh, friend of Adafruit, Helen Lee, here as our spotlight this month. Uh, we post a couple of links to some MakeCode Minute and MakeCode Arcade Game of the Week. Hey, look, there's me. Uh, we have news from around the web, all sorts of uh, items about MakeCode and MakeCode Arcade uh, that we've collected, as well as some of the different hardware. Uh, here's a pretty cool one using a uh, OmniWheel or Holonomic Drive uh, robot platform that is uh, using the KittenBot hardware and encoded in MakeCode to drive a little remote uh, vehicle around. We have uh, links to guides that use MakeCode. Uh, and what else? News such as extensions. There's This one's cool. I might cover this more later. There's a extension inside of MakeCode that allows you to save your projects directly to, to GitHub, uh, as well as there's a mechanism for hosting your MakeCode Arcade games that you save through GitHub on a GitHub, uh, what is it, GitHub I.O.? I think it's what it's called. Uh, we've got info about hardware. This is a new one to me. Uh, it's maybe been out a little bit, but I, I hadn't taken a look at it before. It's the Kytronic or Kitronic Arcade, uh, and it is a MakeCode Arcade compatible piece of hardware. One of the cool things about this, I thought, was it has a pager motor on it. It has a, like a, they say, haptic feedback, so you can, you can have the thing uh, buzz when you when you collide with a wall in the game, that sort of thing. Uh, some news about some MakeCode arcade cabinet builds, some other hardware, uh, upcoming events, latest releases. Look at all that good uh, hardware that you can use with MakeCode Arcade. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive how many different bits of gear you can get to do that now. Uh, some info on the new release of MakeCode Arcade, which is now out of beta, as well as lots of resources. And uh, this newsletter, now we have, I think, uh, 800, a little more than 800 subscribers, uh, which is great. It's starting to reach, uh, reach a number of people out there who are interested. So uh, if you're interested, join them and go to Adafruit Daily to sign up. All right. What else is next? Um, you know what? It is from this news that I derived this week's coupon code. So if you want to go to uh, Adafruit and get some stuff and you'd like to save a little bit of money, then on your way out, you can use this coupon code, which is MC-News, Make Code Newsletter, is what, that, what that's short for, and um, I think of it as Make News sometimes, don't tell anyone. But yeah, MC News will get you 10% off in the store, and that's good on uh, physical goods, not on software, not on gift cert certificates, not good on subscriptions, but good for stuff. And... Uh, I'll tell you what, since I have mentioned the coupon code, then I am 
obligated to let you know my product pick of the week. My product pick of the week, you might have guessed because I, I blew it earlier by showing a web page with it up, is this guy, the uh, Itsy Bitsy NRF52840. This one is hot off the press. Uh, we did a couple of really limited runs of them, but now I think we have uh, over 70 of them in the store or something like that. So a group of 100 probably just came into the store. Um, I'm excited about this one. I don't have one yet. I've got one on the way. It's being shipped uh, right now. But I'm a huge fan of the Itsy Bitsy form factor. Uh, I'm currently using a Itsy Bitsy 32U4 in a project that's, uh, that's in Arduino, and uh, it's really good for USB MIDI kind of stuff. But I'm also a huge fan of the M4-based uh, uh, NRA or based Itsy Bitsies. This one gives us the Bluetooth capability, and it's still an M4 chip. So I think this is going to be a really terrific um, board for projects that require a bunch of power and wireless Bluetooth LE connectivity in a really Itsy Bitsy little package. So check that out. Uh, should be available in the store. Uh, in fact, as you saw earlier, I had the store link up and this is it right here. We have 70 in stock. Let me refresh this. That might be a lie. We do. We have 70 in stock. So uh, go check it out. Pretty dang cool board. I've also noticed that we've started to have a few little um, add-ons, uh, wing type add-ons that uh, people have been making out there in the community. Uh, as well as I believe we, do we have some one? I can't remember now, but uh, it's, uh, it's a great platform, and uh, now it's also starting to get some little add-ons to it, so check it out. Uh, so that's my product pick of the week, the Itsy Bitsy NRF52840. And now, I think the, uh, the time is ripe for us to take a look at our good friend, yours and mine. We call it the Make Code Minute. All right, so for the Make Code Minute today, pop up some windows for you there. There we go. Uh, for the Make Code Minute today, I wanted to show you something that is really useful and uh, quite simple to do, but really an elegant way to improve some of the visual quality of your games that you make with Make Code Arcade. And this is the Flip Image Block. So here's what, what I'm going to show you. Here's a cute little character I have in a game here, and all my game does is I can move this character with my arrow keys. And you will notice I have two little uh, sprites here, or actually one sprite that has two different directions it can go depending on the direction of movement uh, that I'm doing in the game. And so the way to do this is to use this image category block that's called Transformations, flip picture horizontally. Uh, and so what I've done is, I can zoom in here a little bit. I've set up uh, a, on start, I'm creating a sprite. And this is what this sprite looks like. In fact, I can zoom out a little bit. So rather than try to mirror it in the sprite editor, we don't actually have a mirroring tool in the sprite editor. So you'd have to kind of redraw that or go to a different tool and import it. So it's actually not a convenient way to just transform the image itself uh, during uh, the sprite creation. 
However, that's no problem. We can have the game only store one sprite, which is more efficient, and then transform it for us during gameplay by using that flip uh, my sprite image, is the block I'm using to refer back to my sprite's image horizontally. And then I've just set up a little bit of logic that says uh, there's a variable called facing right, and it's false to begin with. If I hit the right button, then I am facing right, and I flip the image horizontally. If I press the left button, I am not facing right, and so we go ahead and, or I rather am facing right now, so I go ahead and flip the image back and forth. And so it takes care of all that uh, mirroring transformation for you, and you can see it's really fast. I know my frame rate's a little slow on uh, broadcast, but it's, it's lickety-split, really fast, and a nice way to add uh, a little uh, horizontal flipping effect to your sprites inside of Make Code Arcade, and that is your Make Code Minute. All right, well, guess what that takes us into? Uh, how about a smaller me? Go away there. Uh, that brings us to the Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week. And my Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week this week is called Fresh Slice by Cardboard Pete. I love that name. So uh, I found this on the Make Code Forum, which is forum.makecode.com. If we take a look at Fresh Slice here, I'll go ahead and restart the game. You can see I have a cardboard box. That's me. I am trying to avoid all these box cutters because they want to chop me up. You have 30 seconds to avoid the box cutters the best you can, and the lower the score, the better. So you'll notice when I get hit there, I am leaking out confetti because I'm being sliced up, I guess, by these, uh, by these box cutters. And then when it gets down to zero, the game will end, and I have a high score there of, uh, I, had, I think I had five, uh, three, 386. There we go. That's my high score. So let's take a look at uh, what I wanted to show you inside of the, um, oh, let me, let me load that from the edit code button. If you didn't know, whenever you open a game and make code arcade that's been shared, there's usually the edit code button so you can take a look at it. Uh, and so if I take a look at the game, what I was impressed by is that's it. That's the whole game. There are very few blocks to make this. Uh, so I just wanted to go through what it takes to make this game. We have an on-start block where the background color is set. There's a sprite that's created, which is this lovely looking cardboard box. Uh, the sprite is set to move with buttons. That allows the D-pad controls to move it. And we've set this flag on, which says, or Cardboard Pete, rather, has set this flag, which says stay in screen, and that's turned on. So that means that the uh, character sprite won't move outside of the bounds of the screen. And then a countdown timer is set for 30 seconds. Then on game update every half second, uh, a projectile is created with this awesome box cutter art as the sprite. I really love that. Uh, and it is uh, set to come from a random... Uh, location with a random velocity on X and Y somewhere between negative 50 and 50. And then finally, this is the whole logic of, uh, of scoring, which is the on sprite of kind player overlaps another sprite of kind projectile block. Uh, whenever there's a collision between the two, then we start the little confetti effect and the score is changed by one. And that's what brings the score up higher and higher. Uh, and so that is my uh, 
arcade pick of the week, which is Fresh Slice by Cardboard Pete. Very nice job, Cardboard Pete. Love that. How'd you, uh, how'd you come up with that? It's an interesting one. Uh, all right, let's see. What else have we got? We've uh, gone through a few cool uh, little uh, make code arcade things here today. And then uh, what I wanted to do is get into our project uh, this week. So for the project this week, we're looking at a couple of ways of using the Bluetooth Low Energy HID. So first of all, what is HID? Um, HID is a human interface device, I believe, or input device, uh, but it's a keyboard, a mouse, um, any kind of device that you connect to a computer uh, to give input can uh, work with this standard called human interface device or human interaction device or human some input device, HID. Um, so typically that's done over USB. Uh, so we're very used to just plugging in a mouse or keyboard. That's USB HID. In fact, I'm going to show you a demo of a USB HID device here. Uh, but I'm also going to show you a Bluetooth HID device. So what this means is Bluetooth Low Energy, BLE, uh, keyboards and mice, uh, game controllers, these are all possible. And now what we can do is we can create BLE HID devices using uh, any of our Blue Fruit NRF52840 microcontrollers and our new BLE HID library. So we already had an existing USB HID library, and uh, what the good people working on CircuitPython have done is, uh, and, and particularly I want to thank uh, Dan Halbert uh, and Scott Tan Newt uh, Shawcroft, they have uh, worked things in a way that it keeps uh, things very similar between USB and BLE versions of HID. So we have uh, keyboard layout, keyboard, uh, the key commands, all of these things that we rely on when we're doing HID in uh, USB realm now will transfer over. So it'd be very easy to swap your projects between USB and wireless. Um, let's take a look at this in action. So what I'm going to do is show you my phone here. Let me unlock the phone. Uh, let me hide this little gizmo. So here is my, uh, here's my phone. You're seeing the screen on that right there. And what I'll do is actually I'm going to head over to my workbench uh, and let's see, can I show things? Uh, I'll show that. Yeah, there we go. So over here at my workbench, you'll see I have a Feather NRF52840, and I was just charging the battery, but I'll unplug that so no one's suspicious, so it's totally wireless. Uh, so this is a Feather NRF52840 plugged into a uh, terminal block proto feather wing, and that was just a convenient way for me to plug in uh, the inputs from a whole bunch of buttons. And uh, you'll see here, I'll talk about these in a minute, but you'll see for each button here I have a few connections. And what I've done is I've connected all of the input um, to pins on the feather using these white cables. And then I needed to gang up the uh, grounds and the power. It's optional, but I decided to use the power as well. Uh, and there aren't that many uh, ground and power connections available here on this uh, screw shield adapter. So I'm using these uh, excellent little um, 
uh, connectors that we have, and these are available in the store. These are Wago, Wago connectors, uh, and they essentially just tie everyone who's plugged in together. So I've tied the five in plus one wire heading to the board here. Um, so that's, that's how this is set up, but essentially these are working like any kind of uh, momentary switch. And what you'll see on my screen there is when I press this blue button, I'm sending a Bluetooth uh, command for the backstroke or, or the uh, backspace. When I press the, uh, how about the yellow key here, that is a capital L. Uh, you can set these to be anything you want. I've got a lowercase e here. You can do capital and lowercase pretty easily, and I'll show you in the, in the code how that's uh, done. Uh, I have an enter key, so I've chosen to, to use enter. And then I decided to use the keyboard layout command, which allows you to type in more than a single uh, command, but rather full sentences and words. So here I've got uh, the word blue fruit. Uh, every time I press that, it'll hit it. So I can press enter, blue fruit, enter, blue fruit, enter, blue fruit. Um, so that is um, the sort of demonstration of how that's working right now. We'll take a look at the code in a minute, but I will also mention these are really cool um, little project button breakouts that we just started carrying in the store. These are uh, snap-off. So these are actually meant to be used separately, and they've got... Uh, kind of a perforation here, you can just snap these apart. They also have some mounting holes there so you can connect them to things. And they have JST connectors, uh, JST-SH connectors, three pin. So that means there's a few different connectors that we sell in the store. You can use like alligator clips, um, female uh, headers uh, going off to a three pin JST on the other side. Uh, and those come with it. So it's a pretty good deal. I think it's like $8 for this pack of five uh, buttons and, and wires. So. Uh, so that's how I'm triggering stuff here on my phone. Uh, and now let's go take a look at the code that makes all that work. Uh, let's see. How about we'll bring up a session of Moo here. Or should I do that in Atom? Maybe we'll do that in Moo. Uh, and I'll just have that zoom up a bit. So... Hit the plus sign here, and this is the one I'm using right here. So, uh, let's see, can you see that pretty well? Yeah, I think so. All right, so what's going on in here? Um, first of all, I'm bringing in some libraries that I need just to work with the board and the buttons. Um, I'm using a little pause to prevent the buttons from uh, bouncing or, or repeating too, too quickly when I don't want them to. Uh, and then I'm importing a whole bunch of BLE stuff. So it's the Adafruit BLE, Adafruit BLE library, uh, as well as the um, advertising and services. Uh, so these, we looked last week at how our peripheral can advertise and broadcast to our central. Uh, so the, in this case, the, um, the feather over there can advertise to my phone and say, hey, I'm, I'm available and I can actually do um, keyboard stuff do you want to connect to me? Um, and we'll talk more about some of the cool additions that we have in Bluefruit going on right now, or Bluetooth going on. Uh, then I'm setting up some buttons, and I'm setting them up as inputs. Uh, I mentioned the power, the red wires there are optional. There's actually a pull-up resistor on each of those little uh, PCB button boards, so um, you can 
use them even on a microcontroller where there's not a built-in uh, internal pull-up or pull-down resistor. You can, you can use the ones that are built onto here so long as you plug in power. So, um, so that's why I have that set up that way um, with the power connection. Uh, then we have a whole bunch of HID descriptor stuff, which I don't yet understand, and we may be uh, uh, breaking out into a separate file. But right now, this is a bunch of just because that, uh, that sorry, I didn't get time to, to understand yet, but I promise I will, and I'll try to help you understand it too. Um, but then, get past that big chunk there, uh, we get into, so here we, we call that HID service, HID descriptor. Uh, to enter that, and then we set up some of the uh, advertisement stuff. So we're, we're advertising that we are uh, providing some services so that the phone will, will see that and say, okay, this is something I want to connect to. Um, setting up the BLE radio, uh, and then here's some of the keyboard stuff. So you may have uh, seen this stuff before if you've done uh, any USB HID, it looks very similar. So I'm instantiating the keyboard command uh, with this K and I'm uh, instantiating the keyboard layout with the KL. Uh, and keyboard layout is the one that allows me to do words. Keyboard allows me to just do the uh, individual uh, keystrokes. Um, then we check if we're connected. When we are connected, we print a little uh, thing to the REPL here that says, um, start typing. Let me see if I reset this. It should show up. Um, actually, no, I'm not plugged in. It won't. <laughs> That's not going to show up at all. We're, we're, uh, we're wireless right now. Um, then let's see what I'm doing. You can ignore this commented out. That was for testing. Uh, but then what happens here is that we're checking for buttons and uh, these are showing up high until we press them and then they go low. So when the value is high, we just pass. Uh, but when the value is low, we then are doing, uh, we have a few different things we can do. This was for testing, so this was just printing out uh, to the standard output what's going on. But this is what's being sent uh, over Bluetooth LE is this keyboard send key code backspace. Um, and I'm going to show, I'm doing a guide for this, and I'll show a link to, we have our definitions of all of these keys on the keyboard, essentially, and modifiers like shift. Um, in fact, you'll see one of those in a second here. Here's one where I'm, rather than doing key.send, I'm doing KL write, and that's the keyboard layout command. Uh, and that is how I'm able to send this whole um, word inside of quotes here, the word blue fruit. Uh, here's one where I'm using the uh, k.send, so keyboard send, and I'm using a modifier. So this... Um, k.send or keyboard.send will accept uh, a couple of arguments. So in this case, I'm saying the key code of shift and then the key code of L, and that's what gives us a capital L. Uh, I could also send a lowercase L, and in this case, I'm using keyboard layout, but you could also do that with key send and just not provide a key code. Uh, and then the last one I'm doing here is this key send enter, and that's sending the enter key across. Um, so let's see, the, let me wake my phone up again. Um, the thing I wanted to talk about that's new, uh, particularly new, besides this library that makes this uh, pretty straightforward and easy to do, is the um, pairing and bonding. And so what I'm going to show you is if you look at my um, phone here, I'm going to head to my 
preferences or settings and go to Bluetooth. Um, and you'll see, because I test stuff, I have a bunch of, bunch of different things in here. But right now, the one that's connected is this CircuitPi D133, and it says it's connected. Um, so what I'll do is, um, right now, this, this was just typing. Uh, I, can, I can go back and show you. This should still uh, be sending letters. So I'm sending the letter E there. Uh, I'll hit return a couple times. So that's connected, but what happens is if I uh, head to Bluetooth again and you watch where it says connected, I'm going to turn this off. So there's actually an off switch on this little uh, board here. It's battery powered. And you'll see it just switched to not connected. And now I'm going to turn that back on. And what we should see pretty quickly is that it will reconnect. So now it says CircuitPi D133 connected again. And I can go here and continue typing. I can see I'm getting some autocorrect there. So it said, we. Um, and so this is really great because uh, why does this all work? Well, the step you didn't see was the initial pairing. Uh, and I might, I might show you that in a second. But normally when you connect um, this uh, Bluetooth keyboard to this iPhone, you're going to go through a step where it says, this device that I've never heard of before, it's the iPhone talking, wants to connect, do you want to pair? And you'll click the pair button. And they will uh, do a little negotiation there, um, and they'll connect. What we've added is something called bonding. And what bonding is, is a little bit of extra data is written to the devices saying, uh, and, I'll, and I, I won't go into the technical because I'll just get it wrong. I don't, I don't know the details of it yet. But uh, I think um, what's happening is that we're getting a little bit of information that's written uh, to that device and a little that's written to the phone that says, hey, we've connected to each other before. Uh, we know who each other are. So the next time we go to connect, we'll just do it without the pairing. So that's been negotiated in advance, and that's what allows us to power that down, power it back up, walk too far away and come back, and the devices will reconnect. That's called bonding, and this is a new uh, feature to CircuitPython's BLE uh, HID implementation, or, or rather just the BLE, uh, the, the BLE implementation. Uh, that I know Dan has been working on uh, particularly to, to get um, this working for quite a while. It's not easy, but boy, is it helpful because otherwise every time you turn that thing off and on, you've got to go back and reconnect to it. Um, so that's been really terrific to have the bonding working. Um, let's see, what else? The, um, uh, the other version of this that I'm working on. So there's a number of things we can do now that we can connect as essentially a, a Bluetooth keyboard from a device. Um, one of the other things I wanted to do is besides buttons, show you how we'll be able to use a rotary encoder. Um, so if I go to my overhead here, or my little down shooter uh, for a second, and I can put the phone away. Um, hey, that's too big. Let's get a little mini me. There we go. Uh, so what you'll see here is I have a Circuit Playground Blue Fruit, a little battery connected to it. Uh, right, actually, I don't need that right now. I'll take that off to not confuse the matter. Uh, I'm connected in over USB to my computer, and that's doing both power and I'm connected for USB HID at the moment. Um, and the reason is, and hopefully this doesn't screw up a bunch of stuff on my computer, uh, the reason is what I'm sending out is volume control. So what I'll do is as I, 
Oh, let me reset this. Um, as I turn this knob, yeah, hopefully, I don't think that'll change anything for you guys. It's, it's moving my volume up and down on my computer, um, but I'm not using that, that internal volume for anything at the moment, so it shouldn't matter. Um, oops, I've come out. Uh, so what we have is this is sort of a replication of a media encoder uh, project that the Ruiz brothers did a little while ago. Uh, sort of a reimagining of it, where instead of a trinket and a uh, NeoPixel ring, I'm just using the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit, and the beauty of that is we, we still get a NeoPixel ring for free with that. Uh, and this is a rotary encoder, uh, so it's an endless encoder, meaning it can go around and around and around and around, unlike a, a potentiometer that usually has uh, limits to it. I think I keep pulling this out of the breadboard. Um, and then we also, this is a push encoder, so not only can it turn, but also has a switch built into it. So um, you can see here right now, what I'm doing when I press that is actually it's muting uh, my computer's um, sound system. Uh, and then I can adjust the volume again. So when I press that, it switches to, to mute, and this is volume up and down. Um, what I'll do, actually, I think inside of Moo, I should be able to show you... Um, yeah, that's unplugged. I'm going to make sure this is the only CircuitPython device plugged in. And let's see. We should see. Okay, I'm going to load the code for this. So in CircuitPython, uh, I'm going to pull up the code that's running on my... Oh, it says something named code is already open. Let me do that. And... Now what I'll do is I'm going to look, let me zoom this up, I'm going to look in here and where I um, am checking the encoder, I've added a little uh, print statement, I'll just uncomment here and resave that. And so now what you should see is as I, put this in, in view of you, as I turn that little encoder knob, uh, you can see it's up, down. Uh, this is going to mute it. I can add add something there. This is, it might be helpful for people to see how, how this stuff is tested. So we'll say um, push and oops, I just made up something. I can't just type in push. I meant print push uh, and done. How about print resave that Okay, so push and release might have made sense, but uh, just because you're not seeing my volume go up and down, I wanted you to, to see that there is some, some output. Uh, and then you'll, you'll hopefully have that uh, correlate to your volume is the idea. So you'll, you'll say this is maybe at zero volume here. Uh, and then as we go around, we'll see the volume raise on the computer as well as the little uh, LED dial go. But honestly, it's just really fun to twist that thing and make it spin around. I, I can't stop doing that. It's very fun. Um, so I'm showing you that because the BLE version of it I don't have running yet. Uh, but Dan actually was make, uh, making some bug fixes in the BLE library this morning. And so he said, I'm going to fix some stuff and then we'll be able to uh, plug in the BLE uh, code into this existing uh, project. And that's the nice thing is if you look uh, at my existing one, which is all just existing USB HID, Essentially, we will stop uh, importing USB HID and instead we'll import the, import the BLE HID. Uh, 
with a few small changes such as USB HID devices will be BLE HID devices, uh, the rest of this should just work uh, because the, the way that we're calling uh, that, that volume command is this consumer control mute, uh, consumer control volume decrement, consumer control volume increment, and those are HID, uh, Adafruit HID uh, library commands, and we're, like I said, keeping parity essentially between USB and BLE versions of that. So uh, we should get uh, a lot uh, of mileage out of that for not too much work, especially if you're adjusting code that you had existing. Um, so let's see. I think that's what I've got. Um, I'm going to be writing a guide on this, so we'll, we'll uh, be able to share some of the info on how you'll get your um, hardware and software set up, and hopefully pretty soon we'll have the, um, the BLE version of that volume control working, which would be pretty cool. You can just walk around with a little, uh, little battery-powered volume knob, which, why not? Sounds fun. Uh, let's see. The last thing I wanted to do is mention again that we have a 10% off coupon code, uh, and this is MCNews, M-C-N-E-W-S, M-C-News, which is, uh, stands for Make code newsletter. Just kind of excited about that having come out. Uh, and uh, go to the store, get some cool stuff. Uh, we've, like I said, we got the Itsy Bitsy NRF 50, uh, 52840, uh, which we'll probably be able to get all the same code running on that. Right now we have it running on uh, Feather and Circuit Playground Bluefruit. Uh, and uh, yeah, you'll save a little money if you use that coupon code. All right. Uh, I think that's all I've got. I'll go hang out in the uh, Discord chat and see what's up there afterwards. Um, in fact, one thing I know, I, know I, I, I tend to fail to do, and I realized this the other day because uh, Mr. Lady Ada and Mrs. Lady Ada do such a great job of uh, asking uh, or answering questions on the show. Uh, so I figured, why not? If, uh, if people are interested in uh, in things and have questions, please ask away. I'll, I'll try to spend a couple minutes at the end of the show uh, seeing if I can answer them. Um, let's see. Let me scroll through here. I know I didn't spring that on you, but there may be questions. Uh, this is a statement, Mr. Certainly. Wago connectors are, are seriously awesome. Electrical industry respected. Yeah, they're very cool. Um, I love them. Let's see, what else? BLE keyboard to Mac? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm running, in the demo I showed you, I was running to iOS, but you can pair it uh, to Mac, an iPad, an Android device, uh, Windows device, basically anything that can pair with a BLE keyboard can pair with these. Uh, Linux, I assume. Yeah, I've used BLE keyboards on, on Linux, I'm pretty sure, on a Raspberry Pi, for example. Uh, let's see. What else? Todd asks, hi Toddbot, so when, when will CircuitPython support BLE UART for wireless? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but uh, if anyone does, if uh, any of our CircuitPython people are in the chat and know, are we, uh, are we headed toward a world where we'll have some BLE UART for wireless, like print uh, in the REPL when debugging? Um, maybe we do have it and I don't know. Let's see, what else? Uh, FX Music says, cool, you can send passwords via Bluetooth. Yeah, mm, you might not want to do that. It might not be super secure. I'm actually not sure. I have not looked into the, the uh, security 
side of things with the BLE that we're doing. I'm not sure if we can establish a secure enough connection that you'd want to send, send passwords. Um, oh, it's encrypted, says Todd. Okay, there we go. It's encrypted, so sending passwords via Bluetooth is pretty secure. Hey, nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, John Park, have you built a, wear, uh, a wireless one from this project? I'm not sure I understand the question. Wearable? Wireless? Not sure. Uh, oh, if you're talking about this one, not yet. If you're talking about this, um, this little guy right here, I've not done the wireless version of that yet. Uh, should be soon. Should be sometime today, I'm hoping. Uh, oh, wearables. Yeah, wearables would be great. You could definitely do a wearable volume knob with that one. That is for sure. Uh, all right, well, that seems like uh, the time that we've got and the questions that uh, we have. Thank you, uh, people, and uh, let me know next time. I'll let you know in advance. If you have any questions, uh, I can check them out at the end of the show and try to answer them. Uh, all right, that's all I got. Uh, thank you for Adafruit Industries. I'm John Park, and this has been John Park's Workshop. Bye-bye.